Warning, this episode contains confronting topics and issues. If you need help, please contact Beyond Blue. For more information and resources, please visit our website, hshl.org.au. Welcome to Finding Sanctuary, our shared conversations into how we think and feel and how we find peace and comfort in daily life. We get together with experts to chat about all things mental health, getting insights and understanding on the struggles of life. My name is Debbie Draby and I'm a psychologist and a proud Maronite woman and a mother of three children. And I'm passionate about bringing people together to share their stories, to support each other through life and all its beauty and all its pain. I look forward to hearing from you in this podcast series as we engage in conversations around our shared experiences as a community. We love to hear what you think of the podcast, so please subscribe, share, like, and comment wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for joining us again for another episode. And today I'm, I have the privilege of having Father Danny join us again. Father Danny Noor from St. Joseph's Parish, um, who was with us last episode talking about his experience with COVID and, and starting a conversation around grief and loss and, and this, the learnings that he had during that turbulent period and, and um, how the growth and the creativity that emerged from such a painful, horrific time in the community. And I've also had the priv- privilege of having a parishioner and a dear friend, Paul Tallis, who's from J- the St. Joseph's Parish, who's also joining us and talking about his experience of losing his beautiful wife, Margot, two and a half years ago. And I just feel honoured to be having this conversation. So welcome to you both. Thank Thanks, you. Debbie. Thanks, Thanks Debbie. Thanks, Debbie. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me again. I know <laughs> you've come back. I'm impressed. <laughs> I haven't scared get, you off. <laughs> you didn't scare me off the first time. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully <clears throat> the listeners didn't get uh, bored. From no, <laughs> no, I highly doubt that, Father. It was a very raw conversation, very vulnerable, and really speaks to your nature and your openness and how generous you were in giving of yourself. So really thank you for that. It's my pleasure. Um, you know, we try really hard to make these authentic unscripted conversations and Paul really thank you for joining us as well and it's a pleasure um, thank you for having me yeah look I think uh, it's a great opportunity to come together and and just share experiences and and reach out to the community you know when we have someone like yourself Paul who's been through you know the depth of your grief of losing your beautiful wife at such a young age you know with a young family I know you've got three beautiful children so thank you for really sharing absolutely and being so open and courageous <laughs> I did ask you <laughs> um, and, yeah, I didn't uh, have a choice uh, yeah, I'm very convincing <laughs> but um, yeah I really appreciate yeah. that no no absolutely I'm happy to share and if I can touch somebody to um, who's got who's going through uh, and it's still very raw for them that um, they can take something away from this uh, from this podcast. Absolutely, or reach out to myself or, or Father Danny or anybody within the within the community because um, we are blessed as part of our community that we do have a lot of support. It can be overwhelming sometimes, especially uh, those first few days of somebody passing. And I know with Margot, especially because she was such a big um, personality, I guess, and, mm. and had a massive presence within the community. 
the first few days where people come together to, to pass their condolences on. Yeah, my, my knees were actually sore for those three hours because you're up and down, people walking into the hall to pay their respects. And um, yeah, it's it's beautiful, but but, but also very overwhelming. So. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Just thinking about those early days and, mm. and how intense it was for you. Because you don't get the chance to actually grieve the loss mm. yeah that, that doesn't come to for weeks after and I'm yeah. happy to happy to dive into that yeah um yeah. in this in this chat because yeah it doesn't happen for weeks and weeks after the passing that you actually realize because it's all just white noise those first up until probably the 40-day mass yeah because yeah, the house is just full of people and people reaching out which is beautiful I mean don't get me wrong it's lovely but you don't get any time by yourself and then after that 40-day mass yeah, the phone stops ringing, the people stop showing up, um, there's no food left at the front door and all of a sudden, you know, you, the realisation that, you know, life continues but you're stuck in this hole now and, you know, mm-hmm. there's these black clouds around you and it's, yeah, it's it's tough. It's really tough. Thanks, Paul, um, for sharing that. You talk about, you know, the intensity at the beginning, those those early days, those 40 days where you're surrounded with um, this incredible support, this physical presence, and then that changes quite dramatically, really, after the forty-day mass. Yeah, look, it, it does. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm still blessed with, you know, obviously our immediate family. Yeah. So Margot's family have, have been and still are to this day very, very much in our lives and very supportive of the kids and I and and my family as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, then you've got that next group of friends that yeah, you know, the, the wider community. I can see where people could struggle um, post somebody's passing if they don't have the support around them. I mean, we are blessed. Um, but those first 40 days, for me personally, and this just my own personal experience, was that I, I didn't get the chance to grieve. Yeah. Um, that grief happened after. And I remember the 40-day mass and Father Danny did the mass for us. And um, um, it's that uh, there was a realisation at that point yeah. Um, but, you know, Margot actually passed. I don't think we stopped, I stopped crying in the, in the, in the, in the mass, you know, the tears were just, you know, Margot used to call me, or used to say to me, stop sooking, Paul, yeah. you know, stop being a sook. That was, that's her famous words because, um, she definitely taught me a lot about being vulnerable and authentic and, um. So, yeah, so that was how I used to express myself, by crying. But then yeah. Father Danny's 40-day mass, <clears throat> the tears were just, I think we went through a box, I went through a box of tissues because the realisation was yeah. it's actually real, you know, mm. that, that white noise that happened between Margot's actual passing and the 40 days. Yeah, that's that's when it really hit me that, um, that you know, she wasn't coming back. Yeah. yeah. It's like this reality. Absolutely. Just intense, real in that moment. It was tough. And still is. I mean, you know, yeah. just thinking about it gets me emotional. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Every time Paul comes to Mass, he gets emotional. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Maybe it's you, Father Daddy. <laughs> oh, we, are, we are so blessed. And I, I, was, I remember the first time we – I still remember to this day just sitting here and, and you know, we're blessed to have Father Danny. We've been blessed with so many wonderful priests at St. Joseph's. Mm. Um, but we met Father Danny – Palm Sunday, March 2021. Um, I think you'd only just been just started, just yeah. seconded <laughs> into our, into <laughs> our I can see why you came over. <laughs> 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 um, 
And I remember Margot meeting him, and I think we only met you that one time. Yeah. Um, and we walked away. She's and, and her words to me was, "What a wonderful priest!" And and you know, Margot was. All, the blessing of Margot was she just knew people. The minute she met them, she just had this beautiful. Um, Sometimes it wasn't so beautiful, but she, she definitely <laughs> she definitely definitely knew good people, and she said yeah. he's, he's a wonderful priest. And um, I think your homily on Easter Sunday, I think we were Easter Sunday mass there was was amazing, and Father Ellie's homily as well. And then yeah, a couple of weeks after that, we we, we lost her unfortunately, and uh, yeah, and we've been blessed yeah. to build a wonderful friendship post that passing. So. Yeah, I, I didn't know Margot, I mean, other than that acquaintance, um, but I got to know her so much after she died, mm. after she passed. Yeah. And the, the first real experience was when the night that she passed, when everyone came, everyone just said to me, oh, there's, you know, Margot's, uh, she's got cancer, she's dying, and we want to have a rosary for her. Can we can we pray the rosary? And I thought, yeah, I had we had mass and... Um, and they came, you know, the whole family came. The church was full. Mm. The church was full. And um, she was watching. Yeah. She was yeah, watching. Yeah. Well, she, was, she was asleep. She like, was watching yeah. on, but on we the had, live we stream. But had, um, we had somebody, um, one of the niece, one of my nieces there, Margot's yeah. nieces was there with a phone. With a phone. And, and she had yeah. us on FaceTime. So we were in. And in, we prayed yeah. the rosary. And I said, no, the rosary is not enough. I said, we have to offer mass for her. And and we we, we then offered another mass. Mm. Um, and from that moment, I saw what kind of an impact that Margot had on the lives of so many people. I can't express to you the impact that she's had on so many lives um, during her life, which I didn't I didn't know her during mm. then. Um, but after after she passed, incredible, mm. what an incredible woman! And I think that was the beauty of someone that lived such a beautiful life that could still be having that influence and bringing Christ into the lives of so many people after she, after bringing people back to church, bringing her family. Her sisters, for example, are in our committees at, at church. Why? Because Margot used to be in the family committee. I think she used to... She started it. Um, she yeah. started the family with father, committee. Father with, and she, she used to run the family committee. And so her sisters, they wanted to continue mm. that legacy. Um, her, her nephews, her nieces, oh, it's amazing. It's such, mm. a, such a beautiful legacy um, that continues. It's a family that truly understands that if they want to feel the presence of Margot, then all they have to do is come to Mass. Yeah. And so that's true. <laughs> so true. I think that... <laughs> I think that's why he cries every time he comes to us yeah. because <laughs> that's where he finds her. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 No, just um, hearing you and watching you both, I feel her presence, you know, thinking about when you come together, how she brings you together and you've not met her or you met her that one time, but she's clearly had a profound impact on your father. Mm. And as you talk about it, I can see that presence, you know, it's really powerful. Even the work like the, that the family's doing through her foundation is also amazing. Um, and I think that's one way of being able to deal with that grief. Mm. Someone that has passed away so young, mm. um, you know, being able to give back to the community through her vision. Mm. 
um, because that was what she started and that was, yeah. uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Paul, but that's, you know, that was her vision. Absolutely. And mm. the family have continued that. And I think that's helping them to mm. deal with, with, that, with that grief mm. because they can offer that help to, to so many other women as well that mm. are in her same situation. Yeah, so it's that finding that meaning and that purpose mm. and and that drive to keep her alive in all of you. Mm. She definitely is alive. <laughs> yeah, no, no. She, she had a beautiful uh, knack and I, uh, when Father talks about it now, um, you know, it reminds me of when we'd go to Concord Hospital for treatment and mm. she, she'd purposely walk through the wards, the cancer ward, and talk to every patient. Where I'd go around the side because I just <laughs> yeah. I didn't have the temperament that she she I mean, she was a, she's a saint you know I mean I remember Father saying it like she just had this beautiful temperament and mm. you know she was in worse condition health wise mm. than than probably everyone in the ward but she took time to talk to everybody um, yeah. and I remember one gentleman who who was quite ill cancer and his kids were around him and he he just he just didn't look the best he was grey and he he looked quite ill and I remember Margot. Giving her, giving him one of her wonderful pep talks, and the pep talk was around look to God for your faith. And we saw this guy six months later, and he was full of life. Mm-hmm. And he came and hugged Margot, and I don't think I've shared this story with anyone. Um, and said, "Thank you, you saved me." And he just bounced out of there, and he was cancer free. And it was just that talk. Because honestly, he looked like he was on his last legs, and mm. uh, so she just had this amazing aura. And um, you know, we we talk about it often in the family about you know her, her work was always around helping people, and mm. and you know she the, we live by her three Fs. You know, Margot's three Fs was her family, her faith, and fundraising. Because mm. you know she never wanted anybody to suffer financially. You know, and if we could help them, and that's part of why we set up the foundation, mm. was to be able to help people um, who, who need help, um, especially in the community, whether it's our community or whether it's you know within Concord Hospital community who are suffering cancer. She was amazing, which makes it hard when she <laughs> passes away to yeah. to deal with that loss. You know, that loss is you know, like I said, to this day, it's still. Still burns quite, yeah. quite heavily. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no need to apologise. Yeah. This is. But... His father Danny makes me cry. That's, why <laughs> that's the common denominator here. Uh, <laughs> we're not even having mass right now. <laughs> it's the common denominator. I don't think it's mass. He sees me cry. I cry in church. He makes me cry here. He makes me cry as well. So. Yeah, we've had a couple. Of, we've had a couple of sucking sessions in, the, in his office at church. So. I'm sure she'd, she'd probably say I'm a big sucker. So. Yeah, like, you've been a bad influence on you. Oh. So who calls you the sook? I miss that. Margo, Margo, you said so. Deb, oh, yeah, okay. so, so, yeah, I've you know. Grew up in a Lebanese family, Maronite Catholic. We talk about our our culture and our culture of men. And I'm a man. I'm a Zalma. <laughs> so we don't talk. You know, mm-hmm. growing up, I don't think I, I don't. I remember my dad's mum passing away. I don't remember seeing my father cry. You know. Mm. So yeah. So we, so we sort of we sort of. I think it's part of. I don't know. It's just mean in general. I'm not going to sort of yeah. say it's, you know, the, the the Maronite Catholic culture, but yeah. you know, we we just don't talk. We don't show emotion. It's weak to cry and. Yeah, you know, I, I remember when getting married. I, you know, I've grown up around that. So you, so you, so you, you wear that as a badge of honour. You know, I'm a man, and you know, I'm tough and I'm strong. And 
But as you get married, and, and then especially with Margot's first diagnosis of cancer in 06, mm. which really softened me, you know, to, to understand what life is about and what, what love is about and, and what our faith is about. And was sitting there and she'd done her first round of chemo and it was quite horrendous chemo back in 06. Not that it was any better when she got diagnosed the second time, but um, we're sitting at home and she was, she had, her hair was falling out. She had beautiful hair and like every woman, her hair, the hair is the most important thing for you girls and I, and I understand that. But it was just getting so itchy. Um, so I ended up with one of her sisters, Jocelyn, standing over her and was shaving her head with two clippers. And I was, and both of us, I was looked up at Joss and Joss looked at me and we were both bawling our eyes out. They were silent tears, but absolutely flooding down. And that's the realisation of going, it's okay to show your emotion and it's okay. You know, and that's where the, that's where the sookie yeah. Stop being a sook fool <laughs> came from. To answer your question very long winded. <laughs> so 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 it's it's legendary now within the yeah. family, you know. Yeah. I, I I know that there were times there where we'd get bad news and as the kids because we always tried to shield the kids. They always knew mum wasn't well, but they were babies, you know, six, mm. four and three, I think Bella was a baby. And when Margaret got first diagnosed. And even as they got older and the cancer came back in twenty thirteen, um, we always tried to shield them from that. And um but there were days where you had to tell them and yeah. we'd sit them down and, and as soon as I'd open my mouth, I'd just start crying. And then she'd just look at me and she'd go, stop being a sook, Paul. And she'd take <laughs> over and she'd tell them, this is this is what the diagnosis has been. And, mm. and it would be an absolute mess. So mm. so that's where it comes from, yeah. 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 And it's, yeah, it's now, it's now legendary apparently. <laughs> Even my daughter in her speeches calls me stop being a football. Yeah. I, I think it's something that a lot of men can learn from. Yeah. Absolutely. Because that's one of the biggest problems that we yeah. we have in our community. Yeah. Is that men or they don't um, show their emotion, they don't live their emotion. They yeah. they they hold it in mm. and that's Which is the, the worst, worst thing that they can do Absolutely, yeah. is to hold it in and not yeah. not, not not shed it or experience it with somebody else. I think that's so, so important. In, in the last two and a half years, I, I can't tell you how many times I've mm. cried and the release that you have from that, where, where you've, where you've cried and, and really cried. Sometimes it's KO'd me where I actually fall asleep because mm. it's just so emotional. The release is so emotional, mm. but you wake up and I'm not going to say you feel better, but you, you feel lighter. Yeah, mm. There's a much, so, so there is, it's very carthreadic, you, mm. know, you know, to show your emotion and to, and to be vulnerable and, mm. and to be authentic. And, and if there's any learning that I've taken from Margot's health and her passing is is to is to be authentic mm. And, and, mm. And, and to be vulnerable, you know, to say, yeah, look, you know, I'm struggling. I'm, I'm not doing well. And I realised that when we went into lockdown number two, that mm. um, all of a sudden you're isolated. Um, you don't get to see anybody. And the clouds just got darker and darker. And mm. I remember Margot, um, Margot had a, uh, a folder full of her medical records and they're just sitting on the breakfast bar. They'd been sitting there for, for months and I thought, oh, I've got to clean them up. And as I was going through them, there was a, a big bereavement brochure. So I thought, oh, I don't really need this, but I'll leave it. You know. Anyway, sure enough, a couple of months later, I needed that brochure mm. and mm. reached out to 
to them and yeah, ever since that day and to this day still I go and see a counsellor and, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know, and no. I realise that, you know, because when I walk out of those sessions I feel so much better, yeah. you know. Lots of tears are still to this day flow yeah. uh, but you feel so much better just to be able to talk to somebody who has a professional. Yeah. Um, Don't be afraid to ask for help. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's so important. It's so important, whether it's through grief and loss or depression or whatever, wherever you're not feeling 100%, that it's okay to put your hand up and say, hey, I'm not doing well and I need to mm. talk to somebody. And it could be through Father Danny or you know, yourself, Deb, or somebody professional. But I think I think what Eddie's doing with the men's groups, mm. um, I think we need to get that out into the community, within our community more, yeah. you know, through social media. Or, because, yeah, if we can help just one guy, yeah. um, you know, who's lost somebody or who is struggling, then absolutely it's it's so important. As I hear you both talking, what really stands out for me is as men, you were social you're socialized in a community where um, that perception is being emotional or showing any other emotion other than anger is weakness. Mm, yeah. But um what I see and what I hear is absolute strength. Like I think you are modeling true strength to be open with all the emotions that we have because, you know, we're human regardless of our gender. But it is it is something, unfortunately, it's not just Lebanese. It's in, in yeah, no, it's general society, men, men yeah, are socialised yeah. to be big boys don't cry or, mm. you know, yeah, there's no. these messages that you get constantly. So um, thank you for saying that and and for modelling that in such a powerful way and, and it is a sign of strength. Thank you for listening to such a powerful episode between Father Danny and Paul Tanners. I would really like to acknowledge their vulnerability and strength and just how generous they both were um, with sharing their emotions in such an open way and trusting me and all of you with their openness in the hope that their experience will help others. What really stood out for me is the power of connection and how that helps support us in our grief and keeps our loved ones alive. Witnessing Father Danny and Paul and their strong connection as men and how they come together, whether it's through mass or other settings, you witness their connection and the love of Margot and how this keeps her alive. If you find yourself navigating the loss of a loved one, remember the importance of staying connected and reaching out to others and sharing your pain, lifting that burden and suffering through the power of connecting with each other. If you are trying to support someone who is grieving, I hope you also find this episode useful and are reminded of the power of being present and available to others and listening with an openness. If we can take anything from Paul's journey, it's the strong message of just simply showing up for others and meeting them where they are in their grief and sitting with them and allowing them the space to share, giving them permission to feel whatever it is that they feel. Please listen out to our second part of this conversation with Paul and Father Danny, where Paul continues to share his journey and he speaks about ways in which he keeps the memory of Margot alive, how he navigates his grief and finds meaning and hope for the future. Thanks for taking time to listen and I look forward to you continuing to share with us in this wonderful conversation of love and hope following the pain of loss and grief. This episode has helped you find sanctuary in this exciting journey of life. All of the resources we've mentioned in this episode are found in the podcast notes. 
If you need some assistance with any of the topics discussed in today's episode, then please visit our website, hshl.org.au. You and your mental health matters to us, and we hope you get one step closer in finding sanctuary. Bye for now. Thank you.